Christmas Valley family, it is so great to be here with you. My name is Stephen Francis, I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Christian Church, and we are grateful that you are with us during this series called Something for is, what did he give? 
it says right here that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now, brother, family, I grew up in church. I studied the Bible as a profession. So when I hear John 3.16, this does not surprise me at all. This amazes me. This fills me with wonder. But I almost wonder if there's anybody here or somebody watching right now that hears for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and you can't help but feel like that's cool but I didn't ask for that. I, I get that that's nice that he did that, but at the same time I was actually looking for something else entirely. You know, you figure for a lot of people that this verse should probably say, For God so loved the world that he gave world peace. For God so loved the world that he eradicated cancer. For God so loved the world that he removed all senseless violence. But instead, all it says is that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And of course there's more to that. But if I can try to capture what I think often people feel when they hear this news, I think of no other great Christmas film but the movie A Christmas Story. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of fans of A Christmas Story. I'm one of those people. You know why they play A Christmas Story for 24 hours on television every year? Because I'm watching it for 24 hours. Every year. I love that movie. My wife is nauseated by it at the level that I enjoy it, but still, it's such a great film. And if you're one of the two people on the planet that has never seen a Christmas story, let me give you a quick recap of the movie. The 
movie tells the story of a little boy named Ralphie. And Ralphie wants one thing in the world more than anything. And it is, I'm gonna be sure I read it right, cause it's like a mouthful. But he says he wants a Red Rider Carbon Action 200 shot range model air rifle. And the parents think he's gonna shoot his eye out, his teachers think he's gonna shoot his eye out, that Santa Claus himself says that he's gonna shoot his eye out, but that's all he wants in the world. And I'm not gonna spoil the movie for the several people that have never seen it. But I do want to show this one scene when Christmas Day shows up in all Ralphie wants is this air rifle, but instead he gets something very different. Let's watch it together. Ralphie, Last 
only Christian church, the church that I love, somehow convinced me to also put on this outfit for a Christmas promo. Now, I know for sure that utter humiliation that Ralphie felt in that moment wearing a bunny costume. Even more because I am an adult wearing this bunny costume. But there is still even one bigger question we need to ask here other than who would give someone a bunny costume and who would make somebody wear a bunny costume. The question we need to ask now is who wore better? Now listen, Ralphie's a cute kid, he's got the bunny costume on lock, he's small like a bunny, but everybody loves chocolate bunnies, am I right? I'm just saying, okay? I'm gonna leave that alone. Either way, you decide the decision is yours who wore the bunny suit better. But ultimately, the point that I do want to make is this. Is that I am not saying that God's love for us Giving us his one and only son is the equivalent of God giving us an Easter Bunny outfit when we ask for something else. But I do believe that our reaction to the gift that God has given us out of love can sometimes give us the same negative response. God, I really wanted this, but you gave me that, and I had no uh, seeking of this gift. But can I encourage you with this truth today? That God's greatest gift reflects our greatest need. God's greatest gift reflects our greatest God, out of love, gives us his one and only Son. Because we need that. But why 
how do we meet? For the rest of our time together, I want to give you three ways that we can see how the gift of God, Jesus Christ, was the gift that we needed the most. The first thing that we see in scripture is that God's greatest gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, is a gift that's always present. Matthew 1 23 says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, that is Jesus, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's a powerful verse for us to and even more than that, I want to ask another question on top of that. God is with us, but what does it look like when God is with us? For many people in here, you know that God is with you when you get good news. Or maybe you uh, get a raise at work. Maybe it's when your kid sleeps through the night. Come on, parents of young children and that is a big deal. Maybe you feel the presence of God simply by getting a good parking spot. And oftentimes when we have moments like that or when we even have seasons like that where everything seems to be going our way, we often call those times mountaintop experiences. We're high and things are looking great. But then there's other times when you get bad news. When you don't get the raise. Maybe you lose the job. Your kid doesn't sleep through the night. And your parking spot is so bad you might as well be at a completely different store. And I know that that's something that I've experienced in my life. In fact, I've experienced that in multiple ways this year. And we like to call those experiences 
lot of things on that altitude. All of that stuff happens in the valley. And oftentimes God is going to put us on mountaintop experiences where we experience Him, where we hear His voice clearest, and we go into the valley not necessarily because there's something changing in our relationship with us, but God wants us to take what we experience there and bring it down to the people in the valley as well. This is what Jesus exemplified. If anybody lived on the mountaintop, it was Jesus. King of kings, Lord of lords, reigning in heaven, all power and authority in his hands. And God says, I love the world so much, I am sending you, the Son of God, God himself, to be born in a manger, a young child, and grow up as a human being. Yes, still having power and authority, yes, still being transcendent above all things, but living life like you and me. Our God went from the mountaintop to the valley for us. So that when we pray, we pray to a God that knows what hunger feels like. We pray to a God that knows what debt can do to an individual. We pray to a God that knows stressful situations. We pray to a God who knows what it's like when people turn their backs on him. We also don't pray to a God that's struggled. We pray to a God who's overcome those struggles. And he encourages us with this truth. Matthew 22, verse 20 says this. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. He echoes it again. In a similar way, in John 16:33, he says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
I need God to bring healing to my life. But then there's also some of people in this room maybe watching online or in Poughkeepsie that kind of feel like I, I wouldn't describe myself as a sinner. In fact, I'd describe myself as a good person. I've never done anything wrong. I've been a pretty upstanding citizen my whole life. So I don't really understand why I need Jesus to be the person that delivers me or heals me from my sin and, and brings spiritual renewal. I think I'm doing good. But often I think, oftentimes, we don't realize just how bad our inner spiritual 